Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. You'll listen to Free on the Inside, a weekly internet program to inform you, to encourage you, and challenge you to be all you could be. This morning, we're for a great time this morning. We have a guest with us this morning. He's no stranger to the program. And I like to call him a friend because he truly has been a friend to me and the, and the ministry and the program. And, and my guest this morning is no more than community activist. Michael Sneed. Uh, Michael has been very active in the community from the time I first met him. I have went with him on some of the outings that he had participated in, and I was blown away about his knowledge and his, and, and, and his commitment to what he's doing. You know, a lot of people do stuff, but they're not committed to doing it. But Mike has proved over and over again that he's committed to what he's been called to do. And I want you to draw strength off of that. And I want you to realize that that you can do all these things uh, with the help of our Lord and Savior, but you can also do it with the help of other people that be committed. Even though nobody else want to go along, you still go on and do what you call to do. The next voice you'll hear would be my guest, would be my friend, Michael Sneed. I welcome Michael to the program, and Mike have a lot to tell, so we're dedicating this whole entire show to him and what he has to offer. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. Welcome, welcome, brother. Oh, man, I am so glad. You know, we've been trying to get you on here for a couple of weeks, and I'm glad that we finally were able to make that connection. And I, I, I was looking at some pictures that you sent me. I, I'm going to post a couple of them. Uh, I, I may post all of them because they are, they are worthy to be uh, posted and to, and to uh, encourage other men. Now, tell us, Mike, what's going on with you? Well... <clears throat> Lately, I've been out, uh, as always, working with the homeless and feeding the homeless. That's my passion uh, of life, you know. Uh, for God's sake, did we feed the homeless when, uh, did you feed me when I was hungry? Did you clothe me when I was naked? So that's a very passionable statement to me. And so I feel like I'm going to have to answer to that on Judgment Day. So uh, as I say, I'm very passionate to feeding the homeless and working with the kids to try to keep them from going through the footsteps that I've been through in life. I spent more than 35 years in prison, but I thank God that he turned my life around and taught me how to love, how to love others, and uh, showed me the value of life. And so I dedicate my life to heaven others. And so uh, lately I've been out with the Black Voters Matter. We've been trying to encourage uh, companies to stand behind us, to go against these bills that's being passed to stop us, stop us uh, from voting rights. And so uh, uh, Dr. Fred, Frederick Haynes been out with me. Uh, we've been really having a good time, and it's enjoyable when you do the right thing in the Lord for the people. This is for the people. Sometimes you sit back and you think, well, this stuff don't matter, but when they take our rights away, then what will we say? You know, so uh, we all need to participate and make the right choices in voting. You know, black black voters, black votes matter. And so we need to make the right choices. Uh, when we come to voting, it's not about voting for our homeboy or a member of our church. It's about voting for somebody that's going to do something for the community and going to do something for the people. We have to put aside our friendship and relationship to guys that are running for election and put the right person that's going to be that's going to fight, fight for the kids, fight for the community, fight for the school, fight for the churches, fight for our rights. And that's what we got to do. And so I just uh, thank you for having me here. And I just, I mean, I could talk on and on because God has, has blessed me to do his, his, his work and his will. And I, and I want to do no other than that. And so today we even, today I'm a member of Top also. Today we'll be downtown at City Hall passing our money to people that we have talked to that had an impact in the winter storm, electrical or, or, or water or whatever. And believe it or not, we're going to be passing our life from 500 to to $1,000 until several people that have already put in applications and 
So we're going to grant that money to them today uh, in person, today at 11 o'clock. And so I'm just so excited for that because when our city officials wouldn't step in, top stepped in to, to make things happen for people. And so uh, that's a great thing. I mean, it's really great when I mean, somebody's going to help, even though some people will take advantage of what we give them, but we're giving it to them for the right reason, you know, to use to do the right thing. So what they do with it is up to them. And so I'm, I'm, I'm excited. You know, I'm glad you said that because, uh, you know, it's good for people to realize and know that there is help available, and we're not just to be living willy-nilly in that organization and program that's tempted to meet their uh, their physical mm-hmm. needs at this moment, and for us not to take advantage of that. You said a key. Th- well, you can't. You said a key word to taking advantage of because some people say, "Well, I ain't gonna help no one because I know that they're not gonna use it." It's not for us to us decide that. We're gonna put things in place that you spoke earlier to try to prevent that, but we're not gonna base anything that we do on that. That's right. That's right. You know, we do that so often. So many people do that. I mean, people pass up people that's hungry and, and stuff on the streets and stuff, and the first thing that comes to our mind is that they're going to go buy liquor or drugs. We don't really know that, but we assume that, and we uh, and that's not right. You know, we're supposed to give, and, and according to our feelings and what God wants us to do, and hoping that they would do the right thing. And so that's a big a big deal with a lot of people don't want to help because they feel like it's a waste of time, a waste of money, and stuff like that. But it's not that. We've all been down and out before, you know. And, and that is so true. Now tell us about the event that you were there. I, I saw the picture that I'm going to put them on our, uh, on our site here where we're interviewing so people can see the, uh, 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 the face behind the voice. Now, what event was you sh- uh, at, and what was you sharing with these young men and women that you was uh, talking to on the street? Well, uh, what I'm doing is is talking to them to get involved, and we're feeding the homeless and and trying to keep people involved with uh, being active to come out and and do the work because you can't if you don't do God's will and you don't get out and work, you can't be blessed. You know what I mean? A lot of people can't figure out why they can't get well, why they can't get blessed, or why this is happening and why this happening, because you're actually not living according to the way God wants us to live and what God wants us to do. You know, so it's easy to say, well, I'm a Christian, go to church and wear a nice suit and a nice hat, but if I'm not doing God's will, I'm not doing anything. It's easy to put money in church and walk home. It's easy to say I gave my pastor money for the homeless, well, are you going to tell God that on Judgment Day? I gave it to my pastor when he said, did you feed me when I was hungry? Oh, I gave it to Pastor Wright. I gave it to That's not good enough. He said, did you? He didn't say, did your pastor? You see what I'm saying? So uh, it's, it's it's a lot of things. I got out, like I said, I was out with them, and we talked about voters' right, and we, we got out with Black Votes Matter, and we've been talking to a lot of companies. You see one picture where I'm standing on the streets in front of AT&T, headquarters on Commerce Street, and I'm urging, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm urging the, the uh, CEO to stand behind black voters. You know, he, he puts articles out and ads out about Martin Luther King being great and uh, about different black actors. How can you be on both sides of the fence and you say good things about some black people, but yet you put millions of dollars in campaign for a man like Trump? You yeah. see what I'm saying? So, I mean, that can't be. you playing both sides of the fence. You're putting money in Trump's campaign, but you're saying good things about us. And so we got a lot of workers at AT&T, so he needs to stand behind. We spent a lot of money with AT&T. So um, he needs to stand behind what's right. We're not asking for favors. We're just asking for what's right. Oh, that is so true. And that money speaks, man. That money makes a difference. You know, I'm looking up. I'm right. looking at my phone right now, and I have that service. You know what I'm saying? And I know other people have that service. Just imagine those black dollars, those dollars in the community, whether they black, white, or Hispanic, that they shut certain things down because they are not uh, geared to the people in the community. Not that we're trying to control them, but we want them to, if they're going to uh, be in the community, to be a part of the community. And that's what you're saying. Yeah, that's right. You know, it's not about that we have something against somebody or that we just like some company or something. It's just that we want it to be done the right way. We want the right thing to be done. We want people to be firm. That's what the thing is about. You know, I'm I'm kind of backing 
a candidate right now for city council in my area, and I came to agreement with him for me to back him, for me to speak out for him. He has to come and agree with me to to get a panel in in different areas in my area that can see things that need to be done. Where well, they need uh, street bumps on this street because cars are flying down there. Where it's a drug house on this corner, that corner, this corner over there. You know, we're going to help him see the things he can't see. One person can't see everything. You see what I'm saying? So we're going to have a pound to bring it to his attention. And after it's brought to his attention, he go out in the neighborhood and ride around and investigate. Then he take it to sit to the council meeting, to the mayor and stuff. So that's what I'm working on, too, you know, because, I mean, I think uh, we, this same pound is going to go around to the businesses and uh, try to see why. We have so many businesses in South Dallas, Oak Cliff, and everything that does not have minorities or black people working in them businesses, but they're making nothing but black dollars. And so, you know, you go in 7-Eleven, you go in all these places, and you can't find a black face in there. You know, so we, we, we want if you're going to do business in our neighborhood, we want you to put uh, black people to work or we're going to protest you because it's a yeah. bad example to our kids. You know, our kids are seeing what's going on, and that's why they're coming up the way they are. They see that this, this company or this place or this store, Fiesta or whatever, won't hire black. So uh, what else can they do? You know, they see their mom and dad hanging out on the street. They see their dad's pistol, this and that. What's the first thing they want is a pistol. They want to do something wrong. That's why we have so many killings, you know. So I just want to try to make a change. I mean, I, I, I got to make a change. I can't do it by myself, but I'm going to do what I can. And I'm going to try to encourage others to join and do the best that they can. A lot of times we say we can't. It won't work. But it will if you give it a chance. You have to give it a chance and to make something work. And, and you know, Mike, you hit on some points that we're going to talk about in this segment, uh, providing that we have time. And if not, we'll bring it back. It's about the uh, our gun violence and our young people that uh, have uh, not having an opportunity to uh, enter uh uh, uh, entrepreneurship, where we're seeing other people are making money in our neighborhood, and we're not getting the opportunity to ha- to get the money to ha- uh, uh, to invest in ourselves. Uh, and, and we know that there's a stigma, uh, there's a gap between the black wealth and the community. And I see and I hear in your voice that you're making a difference by banning and, and uniting with other candidates with like-minded. And, and how can we, as a society as a, a neighborhood come together on one accord and, and and invest in the people that wish have our best interests at heart. I know that's an oxymoron question, but how can we do that? Well, you know, I think that we got to start kind of like from the bottom and kind of work with the kids and uh, we need to go back to, 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 to the old days when we see a neighbor or something doing something wrong, let them know we see it and bring us to the family's attention to try try to help them and uh, to look out for places that we might can talk to to get certain people job. I mean, it's just pathetic. All the kids want a phone. All the kids want nice clothes and stuff, but the money is not coming in. The mama's not making the money. The dad is not making the money. Nobody won't hire them. Nobody won't hire mom and daddy. So what do you expect? They go get a gun. They rob somebody at the bus station, train station for a telephone. They go in the store and they steal or they rob or whatever. And it's not actually just because that, that's them. It's because they don't have it, and they, they want it. You know, if a man is hungry, he's going to eat. And so it's, it's just tough. It's tough on our people. You see what I'm saying? And I, the thing I hate the most, even though I can, but the thing I hate the most, I love to go out and eat. You know what I mean? I love to go out and eat. And when I go out and eat and then I get up, I, you know, I'm almost forced to leave a tip because here's, I'm making minimum wage. I'm getting disability. And uh, I can't hardly leave nothing. And here's a, a guy that's a, a, a white guy that's leaving a, a ten dollar tip or this or that. And then I, I'm looked at as some kind of cheapskate. But I'm not a cheapskate. I don't have the money. You see what I'm saying? And so we looked at as something down. And, and it's not and people looking at us wrong. You know, it's that we don't have it. And so it, things are really tough. You know, for uh, for families. For families. <laughs> Epidemic was a bad thing to the kids. It was a great thing. Now they don't have to go to school. Now, the kids are going to school. After the epidemic, 
than ever is in school. They just run in the street trying to raise in themselves. And, you know, and, and you, know you said something there when you said the epidemic was a, a great thing. It also was a hindrance, too. Because, Mike, just think about it. I did a message some time ago saying the best of times and the worst of times. You know, now people have access to money and, and able to uh, do, accumulate some things. But what are you doing with all those things? Because this, this time uh, 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 is going to be a liking. It's, it's going to be a time where we don't have the money available that we have now. We know that we have to pay some bills and stuff. But also, you need to make wise investments. You need to be able to save your money. You need to invest in yourself. And so, uh, as you were saying there, uh, that we need to be able to show, show our next generation that they can uh, still be successful in these difficult and challenging times. And that goes along with the uh, with the uh, election. That goes along with job placements and being incarcerated. All those things seem to be a hindrance, but like yourself, they could be a success story. That's right. That's right, because, you know, we need to teach kids uh, – we go back. Remember when you and I was a little kid and we had the little brown bank card and we went to school and we took nickels and dimes in our little bank cards and when we got into twelfth grade we got all that money out the bank and what you know we ain't we're not giving our kids nothing you know we're not teaching them nothing we're not teaching them how to save so all they know to do is how to spend you know we have to take them back we have to you know my my biggest thing is to take a kid from South Dallas out to Capel, Valley Ranch, or something like that, and let them see the homes out there and let them see that the houses in South Dallas ain't, ain't just the houses. Don't, don't wish for an apartment in South Dallas. Don't wish for a home in South Dallas. Wish for the best. Wish for a big home. Work and get your education to try to get something you can make your family proud. You know, and that's what life is about. I don't want to do the same thing my daddy did. I want to do better than my daddy did. I want my oh, daddy to be on, proud of me. You know, oh, and that's the way life right. is. It, it, it's not about doing what your daddy did. It's about doing better than what your daddy did. You know, it's not trying to outdo him. That's what life is about. Be better and show him better. Make him proud. Make him feel that, you know, that's my son. This is what he got, and this is what he done. He stays here now. He's got a big house. You know, we most of us black was raised in one house with one bathroom, uh, eight kids, and, you know, <laughs> And think about one bathroom with eight kids, and in the morning you get up for school and your mom and daddy get up for work. That's a disaster. So you have to dream for something better. You have to say, my family ain't going to live like that. When I get married, I have kids. We're not going to live like that. We're going to have bathrooms in every room. We're going to have two or three bathrooms. You have to look big. You can't look for the same neighborhood. You know, you can't dream like that. There's kids in South Dallas and stuff that have never been to the mall. Do you believe that? Never been to a mall. All they know is South Dallas Shopping Center, Fiesta, and stuff like that. Never been to the mall. And that's a shame, you know, because they don't know anything bigger. They don't dream, they don't see nothing bigger. You know, our schools don't teach them. Our schools don't take them to the fire department. Our schools don't take them to the police department. Our schools don't take them anywhere so they don't have any dreams that I want to be a nurse, I want to be a doctor, I want to be a lawyer, because we don't. our teachers and our schools are not taking them, are not educating them, are not helping them. You see, so... Um, we have to step up. We got to step up there. We got to step up. Hey, look, uh, call the fire department. Hey, I need to bring some kids over there. I want them to get on the engine and see what it's like to be a fireman. I want to bring kids over to the police station. I want them to see what a jail looks like and somebody in there crying in the cell. That's enough to stop them right there and make them go right. You see what I'm saying? So know, we have yeah, to kind of do that's so true. And, you know, Mike, you have to step up. Because as I do mentoring and as I will and mentoring young men that's incarcerated, we try to bring in people like yourself. You'd have been over to talk to our young men about, hey, you know, you can stop the madness here. You can be successful. There's a whole world and there's many opportunities that you can work for and 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 be uh, successful at it. And I even uh, talk to the men down at the, one of our local shelters, encouraging them, hey, it's not too late. You can stop this madness in your life. You can be successful. And successful don't mean that you everybody know who you are. Just being successful at just working. Some people are not even successful at holding a job down. Not even being successful right. at, being, at being a husband or being a good parent. Right. That success could come right. in any form, man. I know. Right. You know we got, when I was growing up, man, uh, we, uh, you know, uh, men did not have much of an education because they was uh, spending all their life taking care of their family. But I knew some 
elderly guys in our neighborhood when I was young, to me, they were very successful because they stayed there, they raised their family, and then some of them didn't raise their family, but they had skills and talents. I used to go to Mr. John, I'm just going to use a name, and he'd be able to fix anything. i take my old bike down there, and he's able to fix it. And, and I got a problem in a relationship, Mr. John know how to talk to me. You know, we don't have people like that readily available for us, uh, our young men, and they feel like there's a void there. And so they get uh, so they get to the point they want to take matters in their own hand. I got a gun. I'm going to solve this. I, I got fists and muscles. I'm going to fix this problem. No, brother, that ain't the way you fix a, a problem. There's better ways, and there's only one way you can fix that problem, by burying yourself. Because we can't control anyone else. You know, Mike, I have this slogan on my program, but, and I always challenge myself, and people look at me funny and say, help change a life. You know, we can't change anybody's life, but maybe by what we're doing, it helps someone else's life to be changed. You know, you're speaking to a lot of people, and you go a lot of places, you can't change anybody's life, but maybe, maybe, maybe they see how committed you are, it changes their life. That's right. That's right. That's right. You're exactly right. It's, you know, a lot of people think, well, you know, the homeless is all after money or after goodies and stuff like that. Well, that's not true. They're all very lonely. A lot of people are very, very lonely, and all they need is someone to talk to them, someone to be honest with them, and someone not play games or not look down on them like they're homeless, but look straight across to them as a human being. You know, and so that's the big problem, all these mass killers and stuff like that, like this guy that just said that he was going to, uh, he was going to make the police kill him. You know, a black man saying that. You don't hear stuff like that. And he's going to make the police, he's going to do something to make them kill him. So he's got a problem in his life. You know, so if people would talk to him and be friends with him and show him that it ain't as bad as what he think, whatever the situation is, and that you got friends, you know, you, you, a girl can stop him and talk to him. And it's not that she have to be his girlfriend, but just be his friend. You know, some guys think I'm too ugly. Some guys think I'm too fat. Some guys think I'm too clumsy, and they do clumsy things. You see what I'm saying? And so we have to notice. We notice it before the police notice it. So we say, hey, look, here's old John. See how he's been acting? So we talk to John. Hey, what's up, man? Come on, let's have some catfish here. Barbecue with me. Uh, uh, hey, let me give you $10 to cut my yard, buddy. You know, something to intervene with what's going on in him. And that's what we need to try to learn to do is try to help others and show love for others. It's not about money. Showing love is, you know, I thought when I went to prison that love was sex, kissing a girl and having a pretty girl. But when God flipped me upside down and inside out, I found that was real love. Love is caring for people, caring for others uh, more than you do yourself. You know, I care for most people say, hey, you you do for others and you don't do for yourself. Look at you. Look how you act. But, hey, what I do for others, God bless me triple time. So, I'm happy with what I do. I love what I do, and I'm doing God's will. You know, we all make mistakes. I made a mistake. Hey, I spent my life in prison. You think I would come out bitter and ready to act a fool, but now God flipped me over and taught me and showed me, and I'm so proud. And it ain't nobody I love more than Jesus. There's no woman that could take my heart. I don't care how beautiful she is, how yellow she is, or what kind of bankroll she got. Jesus is number one, and I'm jealous that anybody else has got it. <laughs> oh, amen. That's all right there, Mike. I, I, amen. It's <laughs> that. You know, Mike, as I was thinking about me and you, and, and, and I'm very honored and pleased to, uh, to be able to walk beside you and, and for you to encourage me, and I pray that I encourage you in a small way. But, you know, I was thinking about our jail reform. You know, I, I'm very mindful of our brothers and sisters that's incarcerated. I go over to the prison and the jail last year. Right now, they're shut down because of the COVID-19 virus that we all are familiar with. But there's still a great need for men and women to be involved in that type of recovery, that type of ministry, and because you, you're the end result of that, that uh, uh, something like that. Uh, you know, and, and when I was do, doing the juvenile, our young men were ready to be uh, released and to go home, and someone was fearful. Someone was unsure. Someone would say, I don't know if I can make it. I don't know if I have that and that uh, uh, amount, amount of care to allow me to stay out of a place like this because I knew where I came from and I don't want to go back. Mike, won't you speak on that on behalf of brothers? Uh, I, I, man, I'm telling you, you hit the button. You know, uh, my time of incarceration and stuff. I've seen several guys like this, 
And, man, it's really sad because guys feel like they don't have no weight. They feel like everybody's mad at them, everybody's talking about them because they made crimes or they did this or whatever. And I, this is the truth. I've actually seen guys get out, hit the street, and commit a crime within 30 minutes just to go back home to jail because they yeah. feel that that's all they got. And so yeah. we have to break that. We we have to show them. But, you know, like I said, people are inferior. They're inferior. And so uh, they get out and go back. It's not – it's a revolving door, but some people are just going back because they're plain old scared of what's going on in society or that nobody loves them or nobody cares or no place to stay. I got a place to stay. I got three square meals. I got a shower in jail. And I, I don't have that on the streets. You see what I'm saying? And so we have to help break – we have to start showing – and, and try to help others. And, and, you know, we drive by the jails every day. And uh, I'm talking about hundreds and hundreds of cars. And people never look over and realize there's thousands of men up in that building. You see what I'm saying? We just drive by like it's nothing, like it's a warehouse. Never look at the building. But we should start seeking. We should start looking. We should start trying to help and see what we can do to pitch in. You know, if we can, if a church don't have prison ministry, it's not a church. You see what I'm saying? And so I think that they need everybody need to get involved. And if you got a neighbor's son or somebody in jail, don't talk about him. Try to help him. You know that's important to help him and not talk about him. So uh, yeah. we have. And, and you know, Mike, that's, it's really forms of helping people out. People think, oh, I, I don't want to go to the jail. I'm not cut out to go in there. But you can help support ministry that goes in and does those type of things with Bibles, pen pal, um, um, um. Information so when they are uh, when they do come out, they have a place to go, uh, uh, you know, uh, just things of that nature. There, you don't literally have to go to the jails and, and go to the different pods and the sales. You can actually be a uh, you can be a supporter. And tell me what that's what the, that's what those type of ministries really really need. They need people to help support what they're doing. You know, just like in the um, all the uh, uh, generals and and command and, and uh, generals don't go out in the field. They have other people to go out and do the work, and they come back and report to them. So you said that if it's, you don't have a prison ministry or jail ministry, well, and you can have that platform to send able-bodied men and women out. Yeah. You know, if a person just give it a chance, they would love it. You know, I can remember uh, one of the first times I got a pen pal in jail. I was laying up there uh, on my bunk. They bought me a letter, and uh, it was a lady named Helen Price. And she said, Michael, you don't know me, but I feel the need to write a prisoner. And her exact words were, I want to send you $20 a month the rest of the time you're in. And I was like, who is this? And she started sending me money, $20 a month. I didn't ask her for a penny. I didn't know her. But that's what was on her heart. And so uh, she started sending that and sending that. And after we had wrote each other 10 years, she said, your allowance just went up to $40, just like I was her son or something. And, And, you know, it was really amazing. And I love that woman so much, and I just couldn't wait to get out, to be with her, to fellowship with her, to show her I love her. I wanted to try to pay her back for what I, what she had gave me because she had helped me out a lot. She sent me a letter every week. She sent me cards. She sent me Bible verses. She sent everything. But up to about a year before I got out, she passed away, and it hurted me so much. you know. And I've been to her church several times uh, since then, St. John Baptist Church in Marseilles. And I've, I've talked about her, and I've talked real nice about her, and I've talked to her husband. And even when her husband told her that she didn't need to write no prison, she didn't need to write me, she continued to go behind her husband's back and to help me and to write me. And that's how faithful she was, you know. So, I mean, people need, you know, and, and, I, and I was thankful. I wasn't saying, oh, I got somebody, I, mean, I was thankful. And, I, and look what I came out. I came out and did the right because people showed me the people showed me how to give. You see what I'm saying? And so if she wouldn't come through, or others wouldn't have come through, then I probably would have had a, a angry, angry release. You see what I'm saying? About how I could make some fast money, about how nobody cared. You know what I mean? You know. And so I just thank God that He put people in my life, and I just encourage people to get in other people's life. And you know, sometimes, sometimes it's hard. To, to work with your own family because sometimes your own family won't even listen to you, you know, and it's easy for you to work with somebody else and somebody else to work with your family because, you know, I learned from working with rich kids 
that uh, they'll listen to me before they listen to their own mom and daddy. You know, they, and that's, that's why they love me and thought I was so effective because things they would tell the kids and things that they would tell their own kids to do or this or that, they would not. They would talk back this and that. But when I would talk to them and, and they would do exactly what's supposed to be done right. And so we have to realize that, you know, sometimes people don't know how to talk to their own mother and father. A girl don't know how to go home and say, Mama, I'm pregnant. She needs somebody that she can go and tell that can help her and, and lead her to her mama. She's scared to death. She's scared to death. She didn't got pregnant. She ain't even supposed to be having sex. You see what I'm saying? She don't know what to do. And so now she got somebody she can talk to to let her know that this is life and it's got to go on and we'll get together with your mother. You understand what I'm saying? And that is so true, Mike. That is so true. It's a lot of things that we we need somebody to be by our side. There's a lot of things we can't go home and tell our dad. You know, we can't tell our mama. We're scared because we think we're going to get beat or they're going to kick us out the house. So we have to work, find out how we can uh, break this news to our family and, and still be accepted. And that's why it's very important for us to kind of mentor and be a aware of people that are around us our, uh, and our, on our jobs and our homes and the people that we associate with because there's a great need. There's a great void out there that I mentioned earlier. A lot of people are searching for things. You know, there was a son some time ago looking for, all, uh, looking for things in all the wrong places. Imagine all the people that's addicted to drugs and people that are walking the street and the people that are incarcerated. They looking for love in all the wrong places. Let's admit that some people make mistakes, you know, make a couple bad choices. But it still was looking for it was something that they was missing in their lives that caused them to make that bad choice. And that you have, and that's consequences for the decisions we make, Mike. Whether you are well, you Christian or non-Christian, that's consequences. You know, a, I right. think about an alcoholic. A guy could drink for twenty years and then he. And then Christ entered his life, and he's do, and he's walking with with uh, God now. But yeah, when he goes to the doctor, the doctor say, "Hey, you got cirrhosis of the liver," and then cat and the and, you know, they get mad at God. That was consequences that you had to face. But now, right. since you have God in your life and have other men around you and women, you could you could learn to manage those things. You could uh, you could have peace in that situation. Say, okay, I understand what's going on. I'm just gonna pray that God, uh, you know, uh, uh, remedy this problem here and give me grace to go through this. You know, Mike. Once before I started taking up, uh, before I started doing what I was doing, I went to a counseling session, and it was and it was and the title of one uh, uh, course I took was called Managing Your Discomfort, and I found that was to be a blessing to me. Because the world brings about a lot of discomforts, man. There's right, right, you right. There's addiction. There's a there's a lot of stuff going on, and, and sometimes the stuff can be overwhelming. But how do you manage life issues well, and also encourage someone else? That's well, through the you, world. You made a big key. That's right. That's right. And so you know, we done did away with the church. We don't go to church. Kids, you can't find kids in church no more. But as you were saying a while ago. It's, we have to start looking and working early. No kid in first grade is saying, hey, I can't wait till I get in the third grade. I can't wait till I get in the fifth grade. I can't wait till I get in the seventh grade so I can smoke some weed. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> it's because of the people that they hang with. And once yeah. they grow, and, and if they if they get with the wrong crowd, then that's what they're going to smoke. And you got preachers. They say, man, I didn't know Reverend So-and-so was smoking crack. Well, Reverend So-and-so started messing with Sister So-and-so that smoked crack. Man, he's a crackhead. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? So people are leading other people on to something that they really don't want, that they never had an idea that they would do. You know, or that we never had an idea that they would do. But they get with the wrong group. Hey, well, that guy was a nice guy. He was in school. He sung in the choir. He did everything in church. And he pulled off a robbery. Okay, he got with Mike, and Mike showed him how to do it and what kind of money yeah. they was going to make. You see what yeah. I'm saying? Mike yeah, gave him some weed. We, it's right that we can intervene between him and Mike, that Mike ain't the right guy for him to be hanging with and stop this early. We can make some things up. We can make some changes. You know, but right now it, we're in a big, bad position because, I mean, all the kids are wanting to smoke marijuana and do things that they shouldn't because of the next man that's all over them. 
because the drug dealers if they wants to use kids to do their dirty work and stuff like yeah. that. And so we, we just have to kind of intervene and stuff like that and let them know that we're watching and, and that we know that they uh, shouldn't be doing this and what they should be doing and, and can we help them get a job and can we show them some love and stuff like that. Yeah, you, you know, Mike, I was just looking at some picture that you sent me, and you was at an event where you was around the table, and there was food as, 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 that was available. Uh, tell us more about that, because people re- need to know that, that that's still out there. You know, uh, right now we've been sheltered in place for so long, and we forget about our brothers and sisters that are still, that's still out there, that's still in need of stuff. Come on, talk to me about that. What? Well, that picture is taken over in North Dallas where I've been trying to get you to come help me feed the, the homeless over off of Maple Inwood. And so what I do is I prepare them dinners myself right here in my home. I get up early in the morning, I work late at night, and I prepare them a meal that I know they would enjoy. I mean, they almost hug me when I get there because it's they enjoy. I'm not going to run to them with a, a peanut butter sandwich, a bologna sandwich. I want them to have a nice hot meal, something that I would like or enjoy as well. And so... That's what I do, and I invite other people to hook up with me and to go with me and to fellowship with them. It's not just about feeding, but tell them something about Jesus. Tell them something about your life. Encourage them to open up the uh, the meal with a prayer. You can encourage them to do that. And you see what I'm saying? And so some people have it trapped in them. Uh, some people out there on the streets that's hungry that, that used to be a preacher. So we have to try to lead all these people back into into society and get them back on the right track, you know what I mean? And so I spent a lot of time. That right there is I had just prepared that meal. Uh, that was last week. Uh, matter of fact, I had extra turkey in the house, so I fixed turkey and dressing and uh, everything, and they just really loved it. And so uh, that's basically what it is. I, like I said, I enjoy getting out and, and, and feeding the home and fellowship with them and telling them my life story and letting them know that if uh, God can change me, he can change them. So that's I love that type of ministry, Michael. You know, I was a part of ministry like that. I'm talking about I was on the other end when someone reached out to me and fed me. And then someone told me something I'll never forget. I wasn't going to church and I didn't know very much about the Bible. Uh, at least I didn't think about the Bible very much. And they said, hey, now, when you are restored, you're the strength of your brother. And I said, wow, man, You hear, do you know where I'm at? Do you know what I'm doing? Do you know what I face every day? And you're telling me to help someone else? Little did I know that God was working behind the scenes on my behalf. And that, that you said that right. you go out and you help these people. You know, but, but when you are restored, you don't went through your time being incarcerated, your time of addiction, your time of uh, loneliness. And when you're, uh, uh, when you're uh, out of those situations and no longer living in that type of environment, yes, you have to reach back and help someone else. I like that, Mike. I like what you're doing. That's right. When you're restored, you say, hey, this is, I come out of my pocket sometimes. I do the things that I know that other people need because someone done it for me. And that's, you know, that's a mouthful right there. Now, tell us what days you go down there because I went with you one time last year because of the hours that wasn't suitable for me. But tell us about the hours because maybe someone else said, hey, I want to be a part well, of something. Uh, well, it's uh, Tuesday through Friday. Uh, start feeding about, they start gathering and fellowshipping around 10 o'clock to about 1 o'clock. And so meal is usually fed about 11 o'clock over there. And so it's it's a, a lot of lonely people. I mean, it's some people that don't talk to other people. It's just that, that people that need to be connected and need to learn how to be social, somebody can teach them how to be social. And some guys talk to me and don't even talk to others, but... I mean, I always capture uh, the attention of everybody. It's always solid, quiet, and people always want to come and shake my hand and congratulate me and tell me how proud they are of me. Well, I want to be proud of you as well. You see what I'm saying? And so they come and they listen to my story. And my story is so dynamite that it's, you know, it's like gold because God made a miracle. And so they know it's a miracle. And so they and they see me pull up different time in different cars, and they're like, "Ooh, this dude here." Well, hey, get on God's side, and you can have these things, you know. And I do a lot of stuff, and I show a lot of stuff, and it's not about bragging; it's about showing what God can do. 
It's nothing about bragging. I know God can give it, and I know God can take it. But it's about showing what he can do and what he will do if you trust and believe with your heart, you know. And so that's what I try to show them, that being homeless is not a bad thing. Being homeless is just a stage you're going through to have a testimony for God. You know, it's not a bad thing at all. Being in prison wasn't a bad thing for me. Some people say, hey, man, you ought to quit going around giving your testimony. I can't help but to give my testimony what Jesus done for me. Hey, stop giving my testimony. Well, hey, he flipped me over. You see, so they they go into a stage of testimony, and all they have to do is surrender, and everything will fall right in place. The apartments will come. The money will come. The jobs will come. Everything will fall right in place. And I've had several people that do come to me and say, man, what she said, man, it, it just happened just like that. You know, I got a job now. I mean, that makes me so good, happy when I hear people come back and say, man, I got me a job now. Man, I'm working here. Man, I'm working there. Man, I done got off the streets. I got an apartment. I got an apartment coming. You know, and that's a great feeling. When, you know, to know that you said something to encourage somebody to to get up and do the right thing. You know, I had some kids I was working with that was so addicted to getting high that uh, in Capel and, and uh, the mother, I was at the juvenile. I was going to the juvenile, and uh, I got there that day, and one of my friends that I had speaking with me, he said, Man, some woman is running all over this place saying, where is that Michael Sneed? Where is that Michael Sneed? scared me to death. And this lady <laughs> had two had two sons that had been messing up, and she had heard, and she wanted me to connect to them. And after I connect, believe it or not, one of them stopped doing drugs, started drinking coffee 100 miles an hour. I started taking them to work with me, working them for free, breaking them. One of them ended up working in NASA in Houston. And so that was a big flip over. And the mother oh, and me is like brothers oh, and sisters. Yeah, but, you know, it works. It, it's a good thing. And so, you know, uh, like you I said, she scared me to death. You know what? I was thinking about that. And what, what a joy it is to see people's lives change like that. And for people to have confidence in you and what you are doing, I'm, uh, I'm talking about all people that are helping people, to tell them about their plans and their future and their goals. Because a lot of times we tell people stuff and people laugh at us. Oh, you mean you ain't going to never do that? You can't do that. Who is who are you? You think you're smart enough? But these people have enough confidence and faith to tell you, hey, I want to do something, or hey, I'm working towards something, because they realize that you're not going to look at, at them as being a failure, that you're going to support them. I love that, man. When people tell me, hey, I'm going to move to an apartment, and you know, uh, some people say, well, you ain't never stayed in no apartment yet. You, uh, you know, you need to stay where you are. People love to keep you where you are. You know that?
of him being there. And I mean, a lot of mothers and stuff and daddies would accept him back home, give him yeah. another chance when they thought it was no chance there. But I would play and I, I would call back to that number that they, and ask that mama. And I tell that mama what I had been through and, and what a mother's love was like, and this and that. And they would accept their son or daughter back home. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Mike, man, uh, uh, we have only a few more minutes here. And I'd like you to give us a short brief of your testimony because someone needs to know that you're more than just, uh, you know, uh, doing what you do. That there's a story behind why you do what you do. And, you know, as the, I said earlier, once you are restored, you're the strength of someone else. Mike, what you're sharing with us today, it's encouraging other men and women of like mind and like passion. It's encouraging me to continue this journey which God started. Because sometimes, Mike, let's face it, we get weary. I'm saying we, we both of us, we get weary, but we don't give out, you know. So come on, encourage me this morning about what God has done for you. Well, he's done a lot for me. What happened is uh, I was a kid and I ended up in prison for more than 35 years and uh, doing things that, that I thought that was pleasing to my friends. You know, I thought that I wasn't as normal as the rest of them. Some girls would say I had big ears. Some would say I had big eyes, just different stuff. And so my, my career started as going to the store, stealing candy, taking it to the kids at school to kind of impress them that I was the guy. And so I went on and on from there and became a, a, a habitual criminal. And so I went into prison and I spent 35 years and then I, uh, God changed my life. You know, I prayed, I, I reached out to God, and I asked him to, to change my life because I didn't like taking people's stuff and doing stuff that I shouldn't be doing. And just overnight, he flipped it. He uh, sent me from that prison to a prison where I got paid, was given, which I thought was impossible. And so uh, when I went to that prison, I started getting paid, and then it was time to go so fast. And I went from that prison to a pre-release, and I cried because I didn't want to leave because I liked the money I was making. But I was trying to fight a blessing that God had in store for me. I got to the other prison, and I was going to go to a crusade, and the devil told me I didn't want to go. And so I went on to that crusade, and when I went to that crusade, a white guy walked up to me and said, I heard you've been locked up a long time, and I want to give you a job when you get to Dallas. And I thought that was baloney. When I got to Dallas, I called him. And sure, I had a job working for a construction company. And uh, they told me, hey, the Mexicans wasn't going to work with me. Hey, after a month with the Mexicans, I was eating more tamales in town. After two months working with the Mexicans, I was their boss, man. I was supervisor. Didn't know anything. God put me in control. And, you know, I was driving forklifts, backhoe, uh, sky lifts, and all kinds of stuff that I never even seen. But God was driving them through me. And so I'm just a testimony that God can make a change. And I went on from there, and I went, I've been in the Dallas Morning News several times. I, I made statements that I wanted to work with the juvenile. I get calls from juvenile attention. I work at Henry Wade. I work at Judge Thomas John Court, truancy. And uh, I just, you know, just one thing or not, I work with you at the little juvenile over here in uh, South Dallas Life. So I just, you know, I just made a change. I just That life wasn't my life. That wasn't me. And so I've been happy ever since because, you know, they say uh, God will uh, give you more blessings than you can hold. And, and surely it's true. You know, he give me so many blessings, I have to tell him to stop, you know. So he just keep putting blessings down on me, keep opening doors for me. I've been places that no ex-con has ever been, that some civilians have never been. I went to work with my construction company. They told me, hey, you're going, we're going to transfer up here. Uh, don't tell them that you've been to prison. But I couldn't hold my peace because God had been so good. So I, I told them, and they said, you know what they told me when I got to love and I told them that I was there because everybody was around me as a supervisor. And I told them that I had been to prison. Hey, we know we got your picture in the basement down. <laughs> and so I was there. You, you, see, you see what I'm saying? And so I was going up to the our tower. When nobody goes up to the art tower that controls plane money, they would let me go up and look around and mess around. I had poor control that no ex-con could have, but God opened doors like that. You know, churches was calling me for for uh, uh, interviews and for this and to work with the young people. And just a lot of things just started happening. So, you know, uh, I'm just uh, – I can just say today that I'm so happy and, uh, uh, that, uh, that I turned my life and I changed over that – 
If I die today, I'd die the happiest man in the world. And, you know, 35 years, God has made him catch up with me. And uh, I'm just happy. I'm just glad. And I am just love to work and help others. I got, I got a friend just walked in the door. Every time she called me and said she need to go somewhere or I need to do something, I jump up. I jump up. And I sometimes I can't hardly breathe, but I jump up huffing and puffing because I'm doing God's will by taking her to the washer, by taking her to one day she called and said, I missed the bus and, and at 6 o'clock in the morning, 536 o'clock. said, I'm going to be late going to work today because I missed the bus. I jumped up out of my bed and got out and took her to, to work. And not she didn't ask me, but that was my heart. That was my heart. I wanted her to be on time. I know how important it was to be on time. You see what I'm saying? So I got her there. But I just like to do as will. You know, I do what God leads me to do. And so I'm just glad I'm just glad I could be here today, and I enjoy coming to your show all the time, and I thank God for you, for your work, because I know where your heart is, and I know what you do, and I know your wife, and you are very active and do a lot of things and wish you could help so much more people than what you can. And I think people ought to do more, uh, more ought to join you more, join your little program, uh, donate to you to help others. Because you are not afraid to get out there, and that's what it takes. You know, you're a real soldier, and so they need to help you to help others. It's hard for you. You know, you you come out of your pocket for the radio show. You come out of your pocket for everything you do. And so that means you're missing out on some things yourself to try to help others. And and I I thank you for that, and that's a blessing. And I know God is going to bless you for it. So uh, that's basically about my life and uh, the good things and the bad things that I went through. And uh, none of it, I think, was bad because it's all been been done to glorify Jesus Christ. And so I, I won't say that, hey, boy, if I did it again, I'd do it this way. No, it happened the way it happened. And that's my testimony. Yo, Mike, you know what? You said something there. Because if we think about our life, man, it's because of what we went through and what we uh, were exposed to is who we are today. You know, if we was to change something, our story would be totally different. And guess what? We might be selfish. We might be envy. We might be hateful. We might be spiteful. But because God loved us and showed us love, that we could turn around and love someone else, even when they don't, uh, even if we don't perceive they need that love. Because guess what? That was me. When I'm helping people out on the street and you too, that was us at one time. When people talk negative and and, and, and and doubtful and fearful, that was me at one time. When people say you just in it for prestige, that was me one time. But long did I know that God was up to something, man. And God is up to something in your life and in all the men and women which you encounter. And I know that they are better off because they met you. They, some people may only meet you one time, but their life has been changed. Uh, you know, so, you know how, they see, how, how they see you and they emulate you. I recall one time, Mike, uh, that I was picking up guys for a uh, church at some kind of event, and I picked up some guys, and guys said, I know you. And I said, oh, yeah, I come like to do this all the time. He said, no, nah, I know you in a different city. I knew you when you were out here running around when you was doing this and you was doing that. And he called it just right. And I, I, I felt bad for a second, but God revealed to me, said, let him know what your story is because that man's life needs to be changed. And I told him, I said, yeah, that was me. He said, man, I'm glad to see you doing this because I want to get right. And I know I can get right because if you can get right, I can get right. I said, wow, man, that's awesome, man. You know, those people out there, they want to help somebody. You know, they can't help themselves right now, but their dreams are to get out of the situation and help somebody else. Yes, it is. And that is so true. You get it. So they want to help some get out. You know, I I'm recalled that when I went to visit my cousin at the hospital, uh, Atiana Jefferson is my cousin. They got killed by the police in Fort Worth. But when I went uh. to see her mama, her mama know what I like to do. And uh, I said that I would go see her two or three times a week. And one day she started crying. She said, Michael, you don't know this, but I used to live on the streets. And I used to live behind the, uh, the bridge. I used to eat out the trash. Because she was telling me all kind of stuff, and she would just cry. And so she knew that she had money coming from her daughter's death by kill, by killing by the police. And all she talked about 
was trying to open rehabs and, and feed the homeless and do something for the homeless. She want to go back and pay where she come from. You see what I'm saying? So all those guys out there, every one of them, if they came up on a million dollars a day, the first thing they would do would give something back to the homeless. I know that for a fact, that that's what they would do. They would give back because they know where they come from. They don't want to be in that situation. Some of them just think that they can't get out of those situations. Some of them think they're too far in the hole. They think, well, hey, I got to get a job. Then I got to get a house. It's not that they don't want to get it. It's just too many things for them to do at one time. And they think they have to do everything at once. And so we have to teach them and show them how to work them out one at a time. We can help you with it. Then we help you with a house. Don't just get a job and say, I'm leaving the bridge. Stay at the bridge till you make enough money to get a home or apartment. You know, oh, we have to help now. them and guide them. You know. Oh, that's so, so true. That's so true. Because sometimes we're moving too quick. You know, I always think about, uh, you know, God have us right where he wants. And we, we need to just work and wait and, and, and look for the Holy Spirit to lead us. I'm like, I done made some moves. And, you know, I'm going back to records. Sometimes people make their move too soon. <laughs> that's, that's exactly it. That's exactly I don't want it. You not to do it. Just... Think about it, man. Or you, you know, think about the consequences that's going to do it. Because me and you, we have to realize that we only going to be, we only going to move when the Holy Spirit tell us to move and when God make an opportunity for us to move. We, miss, we try to do it on our own and look what it, it costs us some years, man. It costs us some relationship. It costs us some health issues. But when God is right. when God is involved, man, he, he wakes you up early in the morning and you still have a productive day. He allows you to go yep. out of, go into your pocket and spend your resources, but yet you still have resources that people don't know of, you know, because God blesses you, keep gas in your tank, keep your 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 ways on the highway safely, man. Because let's, let's 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 face it, the enemy come to kill, steal, and destroy. And he don't want to just uh, you know, knock you off the scene, but he want to distract you, killing your dream, destroying your vision. You know, people say, oh, he wants to kill me. Right. No, he want to kill your dream. He want to destroy your dream. Right. You know, you look at this thing. He wants to kill your dream, kill your dreams, and let you kill yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that, is, that is so true. Mike, man, we're going to get on out of here. Brother, thank you very much, man. We had a, oh, man, I love this, brother. I love this one-on-one with me and you, man. You know what? This makes my day, man. It encouraged me to keep going. It let me know that I'm not alone. It let me know that there's other men and women that are doing the same thing. And we have a large family. We have brothers and sisters all over this country, man, that's doing the same thing that we're doing. And so they give us strength. You know, it always uh, it always uh, 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 make you... Uh, it always gives you strength, I'll put it this way, to let you know that you that other people are doing the same thing you're doing. So when I go out and feed and when I'm encouraging people and I see other people doing it, I say, it's okay. Some people get mad. Why they got to be down here where I'm at? Why they got to do what I'm doing? No, God is helping you. God said, hey, the work is too great for you, so I'm going to send somebody to walk alongside you. You may not know who they are, but they're doing the same thing you're doing because I have y'all on the same assignment. Well, that's right. You know, so we get so, on out of here, brother. God bless you. Thank you very much. And looking forward to speaking with you again. And we're going to follow up on some uh, some of the uh, uh, the election laws that have been implemented, all right. okay? And we're going to come back. Cause I know right. you involved in that. So we're going to talk about some of those things. And so thank yes, you sir. very much. And, you know, you can always uh, listen to this program again in your uh, leisurely time. Uh, encourage someone else and make it a part of your uh, 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 recall. We'll put it that way. Uh, your uh, uh, work, Mike. Thank you very much. Okay. All right. Good to be here. All right. Good Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for our guest this morning, Michael. Uh, dear Lord, as he goes out, dear Lord, go with him, be with him, give him the resources he needs, and surround him, dear Lord, with the resources and the people that help him during this time of need. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. You're listening to a friend on the inside of the weekly internet program to inform you, to encourage you, and to challenge you to be all you could be in Christ Jesus. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. 
until we meet again. Help change the life in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. 